Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Happy, happy hour, everybody. Guess what? This is a special command performance of Jane Fonda's appearance on my morning show, which is governed by the FCC, but she said bullshit and balls anyway. So let's do this. Let's fucking do this. Jane Fonda just pulled up. Okay. I gotta, all right, I gotta, yep. all I gotta, right. I gotta hang on. Everybody be cool. Everybody right. be cool. Everybody be calm cool. down. Be everybody cool. calm down. Sean, cool. calm down! Okay. <clears throat> Practicing my Jane Fonda's workout. <clears throat> Breathing. Oh, oh, good morning, Jane Fonda, I said, <laughs> as if this happens every day. Hi. Hi. How are you, living legend? <laughs> You're pretty much of a legend, too. I'm oh. good. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. The dogs came in, by the way, just in case you missed it. Right. I was like, please Don't. do not break the American icon. They are, they are giant. Yes. And quiet and nice and yeah. friendly. Yeah, and they moved in onto you like a snow front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this. I was saying I was I already me. loved you more than I already do when I called you cuz and I Sean made a good joke. I said I sweated so much before I called uh, oh. Jane Fonda and he said that's Jane Fonda's new workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said yes, calling or interviewing Jane Fonda is the new It'll get your heart rate up. <laughs> yeah. It's like cardio without even moving. <laughs> I said I'm not sure how how often it's all right to bother a living legend and you said oh bull and I said, oh, she's a potty mouth like me. <laughs> I love her more. Um, I don't even, I, this, uh, can you do a seven-hour interview? I don't even know where to start. Um, I was telling, <laughs> I was telling uh, these guys, I told an activist friend of mine, <clears throat> an actress friend of mine and a, a fitness industry person that I met you, and they all started crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, but you're aware of that effect you have on people. You are. Uh, well, my, my. Interesting life has has spanned exercise and activism. Yeah, and I went to I went to your six a.m. class that you taught at Jane Fonda's workout when I was at USC. Yeah, Yeah, I was making. uh, I used to teach at like five o'clock, and then I'd go to work on nine to five. Dolly thought I was insane. Yeah. By the way, I hear you. So you're doing a sequel, a nine to five with you and Lily and Dolly. It is being written. We'll see if it works out. It doesn't always work. Oh, listen, you people get it together. You people get it together because we need this to happen. We do. Um, yes. I wish okay. we didn't, but we do. We were saying, um, let me just start here. Which part of my show prep? Um, <laughs> Look so at you, all your paperwork. 
Well, uh, you've I, I've I'm seeing you in interviews. You have the same reaction to, and you've lived through a lot <laughs> politically and otherwise. You have the same reaction we do to Trump every day. That it's just terrifying. And you are um, not only. Um, I was saying that Rick Wilson wrote this book, Everything Trump Touches Dies. You were like the opposite. Everything Jane Fonda touches uh, turns to gold. <laughs> Multiple Oscar, Emmy, all, uh, all of that. Uh, best-selling fitness tape ever in the history of whatever. You're 80. <laughs> you have another hit TV series. You're on the road registering voters. Um, what? Okay. You need to leave everything to science. Your brain, your body, all of it. <laughs> everything. What, how do you do, what keeps you going? What keeps, well, at least politically? This is an emergency. I wasn't planning on being so busy. Yeah. You know, I am 80, and I was thinking maybe I'd try to write a novel or take up gardening or something. But, you know, when he was elected, we're, we're, this is a major emergency. I never thought I'd be rooting for the FBI and the CIA. <laughs> but when you have the former head of the CIA, you know, John Brennan on uh, Rachel Maddow, you know, kind of looking and saying, the flashing red lights are happening. This is an emergency, folks. This is dangerous. Right. What could happen? You know, he could just to be able to avoid whatever he's trying to hide from, he could start a war. Well, and when someone like you is alarmed. Martial law, you know, it's serious. Yeah. Well, when someone like you is alarmed, because... you're braver than most of us. You've been out here doing this, you know, us babies that were just anti-Iraq war. <laughs> You've been out there, you know. I forget what when I say I was against the war, and then I have to remember I have to define what war. <laughs> it's it's we're several wars. Now, Megan, wars don't end anymore. Megan Kelly says you were around for the Peloponnesian War. Is that incorrect? <laughs> well, almost. I had a husband who knew so much about the Peloponnesian War. I kid you not that I feel like I lived through that. <laughs> That would be Ted Turner, a yes. classics major. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> you are, can I just say, you are so uh, incredibly accomplished. And one of my favorite moments, and I have no idea how I got invited to Martin Sheen's birthday party, but probably because he's the nicest man. Well, he's the nicest man in the universe. Yes, he really as, is. As you know. Yes. But so I, my gastrointestinal distress, Jane, let me just explain, started when I walked in and saw you. And then what? when I tried to leave the party and Al Pacino was in the kitchen. So this is not my, I, I live here in my basement, Jane. And so, but when Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne walked in and shook your hand and you said, hi, I'm Jane Fonda. That moment just was so humanizing because I was like, oh, she thinks there's a human being that doesn't know that already. <laughs> well, Remember you know, I looked at you and I said, I think he knows, Jane. Yeah, but my experiences yeah. in this town, because I lived... I've only been back here for like 10 years, and I was 20 years in Atlanta. Right. And so when I came back, there was a lot of people I hadn't seen for a long time, and they would, I'd see them walking toward me, and I would know there's somebody in there that I know, right. but I don't know who it is. Just because, well, between plastic surgery and aging, right. people don't always look the same. Right. And so I can't assume that everybody knows who I am. I'm about 30 years older than the last time they saw me. And I hate it when people assume that you know who they are. I mean, like, you know, Donald was there, and I wasn't sure who he was for a second because I only see him on TV. Right, 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 right. Um, Yeah, that was a cute moment. He's like, oh, I haven't seen Grace and Frankie yet. And you said, oh, I haven't seen Blackish yet. 
And I just, I love like the next split screen is Jane Fonda watching Blackish and Lawrence Fishburne watching Grace and Frankie. <laughs> just so cute. Um, there was a funny moment. Richard Schiff's son was very funny. He was, we were talking about you and then he said, oh, you mean the lady with the monkeys? And Martin said, no, I, th I think you're thinking of Jane Goodall. That's Jane Fonda. And he said, he told you that and you laughed. <laughs> He's a hero of mine. Yeah. Yes. All right. We, uh, again, we got we have so much to talk about in terms of your take on where we are now because you were out there, again, like I was saying, on anti-war activism, on Native Americans. You were way before Standing Rock. You've been at, uh, now you're there literally in Michigan getting people registered because of how concerning this is to you. Yeah. So, so much to ask you. We have a, we're going to, we have a break here and then we have an hour and I have a few minutes to compose myself. Huh. Jane Fonda is sitting right there, just in case I didn't mention that. We'll be right back on the Stephanie Miller Show. Good morning, Jane Fonda. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we have some, we have a love in common, Lily Tomlin, who's been my friend and mentor my whole life. And you guys, your chemistry is just amazing, yeah. starting from nine to five, all the way to Grace and Frankie. Yeah. I love that you are, you guys are doing political activism together, right? Yeah. You're, what did yeah. you, where did you just go? Well, we've been to Michigan a couple of times. You know, she comes from Michigan. Yeah. And uh, I work with an organization called... Uh, Rock Restaurant Opportunity Centers United, which is fighting for one fair wage, right. which means that that restaurant workers or all tip workers can earn at least a minimum wage plus tips. Because right now, you know, the federal mandated salary for a restaurant worker is two dollars and thirteen cents. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you can't live on that. Which means you're totally dependent on tips. Which means you have to put up with all kinds of behavior that. Yeah. demeans you, disrespects you. But there are seven states, including California, where um, tipped workers earn a minimum wage plus tips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in those states, sexual harassment is 50% lower. Yeah. How about that? You're sort of the human nexus of every important issue in America right now, if you don't mind my saying so, because the Me Too movement, time's up. Uh, first of all, we talked about there may be a sequel to 9 to 5, but that was obviously about sexual harassment in the workplace. Right. You've been outspoken about uh, your experiences, um, and now here we are it, it, with the Me Too Time's Up movement, and we had to wait until 2018 for this, and I, I think you talked about the fact that women reacting, look at how many women are running, and women reacting to this this pig, I'm sorry, in the Oval Office, this admitted sexual harasser, and God knows what else, right, that, that there is, they, I think you've talked about sort of the positive side of this that you've never seen resistance like this as well right well you know every there's there's a positive reaction to every negative he yeah he gives off a lot of negativity yeah and it creates a pull for for positive stuff and it's really yeah. it's a it was a big wake-up call and if there's anything to be thankful for about this it's it's that people many more people are woke and doing something yeah um you know, I, I don't especially like name-calling. I, I don't like calling him a Let him do yes, the name-calling. I'm calling. sorry. I apologize. There's a lot too. of, you know, one of the reasons that I like to get out of California in, into Illinois or Ohio or Michigan is because we, you know, he didn't come out of nowhere. He, he is the result of decades of, of, of issues, including the Democratic Party moving away from its natural base of working class people into this neoliberalism mm -hmm. and, and ignoring 
the people that are hurting so badly in this country. Yeah. Um, um, I apologize for the pig comment. Um, I have a new theme. When they go low, we go Omarosa. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're right. We are in an existential emergency. Yeah, and we've never seen not just a president, but a person in our consciousness that is so mean and so vindictive. And so I think you're right. It's hard to, uh, and, and to me, in addition to the treason sort of being in plain sight, it's not just John Brennan saying it, that, that I think it's, it's, um, you're right. I, you, you just think, like, what will it take for us to heal as a country, even if he's gone tomorrow, right? Well, we're very, human beings and the planet and nature, are, we're, we're resilient. We're going we're gonna to bounce back. I wore this for you today. Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> but, just, you know, we have to understand terrible behavior of the kind we're seeing as the result of trauma. The guy has been traumatized, and and we're reaping yeah. the bad stuff from that. And so, we, we, you know, we have to hate what's happening and what's being done, but we have to understand and have compassion for the reasons. You know, when you say the word resilience, which we all need to have now, it certainly means more than most people saying it. I mean, I, I don't mean to be a giant suck-up. I'm just sort of more stunned by you than anything. I, I, you've reinvented yourself so many times. I mean, I, for those of you that have just tuned in, a uh, two-time Academy Award winner, four-time Golden Globe winner. I, I mean, your body of work, and then you also happen to sell the most workout videos ever in the history of ever. <laughs> That's, you retired from acting when you married Ted Turner. You came back how many years later, had a huge hit in Monster-in-Law. Uh, returned to Broadway after a 45-year absence from the stage. To, in the play, 33 Variations, got a Tony nomination. You went back to TV, got an Emmy nominations for The Newsroom. Now you have another hit series at 80 in Grace and Frankie. Um, what do you owe this to? And you're still just as passionate about your political activism as it seems like you were years and years ago. What do you attribute all that to? I mean, that, that's just extraordinary. Well, I'm healthy. Health is important. I'm healthy, and, uh, and, and I have a lot of energy, and I have passionate, fabulous friends that inspire me and make me brave. And as you said, we're facing an existential crisis and it's all hands on deck. You know, we just have to, we have to do everything we can to save the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were, t we were just talking during the break about Book Club that you just did. Uh -huh. uh, I think you said it was one of the fun, the most fun movies you've ever had with Candace Bergen and Mary Steenburgen. Um, I'm blanking. Diane Keaton. Yeah, oh, Diane Keaton. I mean, that's the thing about Grace and Frankie. It's whether it's book club or Grace, it's to watch like literally legends like all of you working at the level you're still working and playing off each other is just a. It's like watching a great symphony or something. Oh, that's nice. Well, it it felt like a pretty neat bebop experience, not so much a yeah. symphony. You know, we didn't all know each other. I'm talking about book club now. Um, we didn't know each other very well. You know, you pass at parties like you and I did the other day. Yeah. And we, I think that we all wanted to get to know each other, and we kind of all fell That being said, my life could not be more different than yours. But yes, Jane, as you do, right. <laughs> but anyway, you created, I mean, it just, I, you guys are just such like masters at your, at your craft. It's so inspiring. But it, anyway, let's talk about, um, first of all, are, do you feel like you're ready for me to do my Catherine Hepburn and non-Golden Pond impression for you sure, yet? Sure, do it. I just feel like I should get it out of the way, Sean, because you know that I wasn't going to be able to. It's a classic. You got a great big chip on your shoulder, Chelsea, and it's very unattractive. 
Oh my God! Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're so good. Thank you. Oh, Hallelujah! Oh, in bloom. Oh, that's a different movie. All right, Jane. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> oh, that's so great, Stephanie. Lily's Bravo. had to endure that. I don't know how many times. <laughs> so, all right. Um, you've you've said so much lately. You've uh, first of all, you were saying, uh, the, the, what is it? The movie, the documentary, looks fantastic. Uh, in five parts. Uh, Jane Fonda in five parts. I mean, people really like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see it. It, it sounds fantastic because your life is really, it seems like more than five parts. Like, I don't know what act this is, but you were talking about, they asked, you said such important things. I think it was on a panel for this. You said people aren't born politically brave. People aren't necessarily born feminists. And yet you've been sort of the tip of the spear in all of these movements, right? No, I'm always late. Oh, you're late. I'm always a late bloomer. Always. I came, listen, when there was already a very robust anti-war movement in this country, I didn't even know where Vietnam was. Yeah. I lived in France, and uh, I was totally hedonistic and unaware until I was about 30. And um, and, and then I, I, I was, you know, circumstances forced me to pay attention. Yeah. And... Um, and I began to change. But my activism came late. My feminism came late. It, it takes me a while. But, you know, we're living so much longer. Being a late bloomer has advantages. <laughs> well, you, right, but you talk about being from that generation of women, being people pleasers, being men pleasers. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you got to be perfect or you won't be loved. Yeah. And you can't be too angry. And, you know, I was a good girl for a long time until I realized that was pretty much bullshit. Oh, all right. Well, we oh we have to dump Jane Fonda. That's an exciting moment in <laughs> Stephanie Miller's show history. <laughs> um, so yeah, because I know you've been so open about everything, that, which I think has just helped countless people. Like I just well, that's why you know what I mean. Why be famous if you can't use it for something? Right. And so I think it's important for people like me to to make it clear that right. you know I, I I'm not I'm not some extraordinary person. I just. But you know, I happen to be white and famous, and that helps. Right. And healthy, and that really helps. And then I try to pay attention. And, well, I mean, just you know. even women's body issues, you know, eating issues, which you've talked about. I can't believe I asked you how you take your coffee. Of course you take it black. Here's a fun fact I learned. When Jane was modeling, uh, she lived on cigarettes, coffee, speed, and strawberry yogurt, which is... <laughs> I don't know why I just love that fun fact, but then you become this proponent for... Obviously, healthy eating, healthy body image. Uh, I, I can't tell you. Like I say, well, I, you know, you got if you if you've been on the bad side, right. on the dark side, right, um, and you realize what you know the the truth and what matters, you become. You know, I've learned that, for example, ga gang members, gang leaders, yeah, if they are healed, they become the most fantastic leaders of all. Right, you know, it's. I was a pro. I, I thought that if we were fighting a war any place, that we were on the side of the angels. Right. I could not believe that our country could do anything that would, yeah. you know, that was something I would be against, or that they would yeah. lie to us and stuff. And so when I found out what was happening, I became, you know, yeah, a, I I was a convert. Um, yeah, I can't. Believe, I'm sure when we were going into Iraq, you must have been like, I can't believe we're doing this again. Um, which, how does this feel to have? Donald Trump Jr., who just cannot go to prison soon enough for me. But he's, like, tweeting at you, calling you Hanoi Jane and stuff. I mean, you're like, first of all, oh, what a current reference. And secondly, 
That's something that's been litigated and relitigated that you've apologized for about the, the photo. How many years ago are we well, talking they, about you know, now? Nixon really wanted to get me for treason, and he, he, he wanted the State Department and the Justice Department to do everything they could to try to, to find proof, you know, to, to, to accuse yeah. me of treason, and they didn't, and they couldn't. And the, the word came back, drop this. This is, you know, go after somebody who's really trouble. Yeah. There's not, she didn't commit treason. I mean, it has been litigated. It's but true. that's what's... But a lot of it is fake news. We didn't know that word back then. It wasn't yeah. yet. But, yeah. Uh, a lot know, of the, the stories lies continue. The, the stories that were, were untrue that they yeah. were circulating uh, yeah. about you. And, you know, you've apologized for the picture, I don't know how many times, heart, in a very heartfelt way. That, you know, yeah. you were young and you don't know if it was posed or not, but it, it, you know, and, or you were sort of tricked into it. But whatever, you've apologized over and over and over. And it's, it's it feels like um, that's what's chilling about what he's trying to do now in terms of, you know, stifle free speech and uh, critics. I love one thing you said. You said, um, Threats of boycotts are nothing new for me and have never prevented me from having best-selling books, exercise DVDs, films, a Broadway play. Most people don't buy into the far-right lies. Many people have reached out. Uh, and you just said, I love my country, period. And I sort of love that, that you have, you've been kind of fearless, and it certainly hasn't impacted your career. Well, it has a little bit. It used to. Not anymore. Well, you talked about being gray-listed in a certain yeah, period. yeah. Not, you know, not te technically. During, that, during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, but then I was busy doing other things anyway. But, you know, I've, I've worked hard to, to make a comeback after a long time being out of the business, and I, I'm glad it succeeded. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say I think, I think you're going to make it. I, I do. Maybe, you know, I've worked <laughs> hard. <laughs> I think you're going to do okay. All right, <laughs> 19 minutes uh, hey, after the hour. Have you seen, what? Have you seen this, this Tasmanian lesbian co comedian? Yes. Yeah, um, Hannah, Hannah uh, who does this show called Nanette. Have yes, you seen I, that? Yes, I watched it. It's wow. really... Is that the most, God, next to Lily Tomlin's In Search of Intelligent Life oh. in the Universe, it's the most important one-woman show I ever Wow. Seen. It's on Netflix. You need to see it. Oh, my God. I'm guessing that whoever that is is going to be really excited that that just happened. I know. Let's, get, we'll send let's this to book her, her. Let's send this to her people, get her booked. Yes. Let's go. Take a look at it. I think of myself as the Tasmanian. Nanette on Netflix. All right. I thought of myself as the Tasmanian lesbian, but all right. Somebody <laughs> stole my act. Fine, Jane. 19 <laughs> minutes after the hour. This portion of the Stephanie Miller Show brought to you by Super Beats. Jane Fonda is going to want some Super Beats. <laughs> Right? Health, fitness, expert, Keeps extraordinaire. Jane, listen to me. Nitric oxide, you know what I'm talking about. We make less of it as we age. Uh, that's what's in beets. Super beets is just three whole beets. You just one teaspoon, mix it up in water, whatever. It's a superfood. I know, I've, I've stunned you. Nitrous. Nitric oxide is the, is the miracle molecule. when I go to the dentist? No, no, no. Nitric oxide it's the miracle is molecule that's in beets. Nitric oxide. That's what a sport, professional sports teams, collegiate teams, Olympic teams know all about. It gives you energy, stamina, great for your circulation. I'm bringing some down for you right now. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what you say. Okay. Yeah. Gives I'm you that all it. natural energy. Without the, you know, no caffeine, nothing uh, bad for you in there. Call now, Jane, 800-575-0558. Or go to mamalovesbeats.com. Find out how you get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats and free shipping with your first purchase. Call 800-575-0558. Or go right to mamalovesbeats.com. Um, you are lending your voice to Swing Left's last weekend initiative to bring people out for the midterms, you and our good friend Lily Tomlin. Um, I love the video. So Rashida Jones directed a video featuring the, the two of you. Very funny. She was in it, too. Yeah. 
But you're, uh, you said what drew me to this, I can't remember in my 80 years, a more important election. Because we hear that every time, right? This is the most important election. But, but I feel like this could be the last one if we don't get out there. Well, I mean, anything is possible. But we, we have to, you know, we, we have to do everything we can to, to stop it right now. You know, stop the erosion of our wildlife, our, our natural resources, our air, our water. People are suffering. And the people that he promised to help are not going to be helped. Yeah. Like you even, when you've spoken out, you've obviously been known as a feminist icon in addition to everything else. And you're talking about the Me Too Time's Up movement. But I think you also said, like, I didn't suffer that much because Henry Fonda was my dad. But, you know, you go speak out for, as you've been talking about, women of, of color and women in low-wage jobs that put up with stuff and have no power, right? Yeah. <laughs> that probably wasn't the best question. All right, let me strike <laughs> that. All right. Um, so, I mean, I don't understand. Is it, it because I... No, I just think it's, that's what makes it you so extraordinary that you're at your age, you know, out there, like, fighting for people that, that don't have a voice. And I, I think that's why... Look who my father was. Yeah. You know, I... He made Grapes of Wrath uh, right around the time that I was born. Yeah. Then he, and, and even before that, he played young, young Abe Lincoln, and he worshipped Lincoln. And he, you know, I, Lincoln was a presence in our life through my dad. And then 12 Angry Men. I mean, he, he never talked to me much, but I knew from the kind of characters he was drawn to what his values were and what he believed in. And what he believed was stand up for the underdog. Use whatever ability and power you have to bring everybody up to a level playing field. Otherwise, why, why be alive? Yeah. That was kind of the unspoken message. Is what you're saying, he was your knight in shining armor? <laughs> yes. And well, never mind. All right, let's, <laughs> no, but we talked about my dad was, you know, ran with Goldwater, total different end of the political spectrum. But as we were talking about, this is not only not my dad and Goldwater's party anymore, I don't, I, I don't think many Republicans, I mean, look at how many prominent Republicans are speaking out against Trump. I don't think this is any, this isn't even a, this is not a party that is not just complicit in Russia, in this whole thing, and in, in covering for this president. I that's, know, really. That's good. why it's worse than I, Watergate. I, was, I spent 20 years in Georgia, and uh, I, I know a lot of really great Republicans. Yeah. You know, Democrats don't have a corner on anything. Right. Um, but if the Republican Party has got to revive itself and yeah. get a spine and throw some balls and stand yeah. up yeah, to this guy yes. because our country's going to go down the tube if they don't. But I think they will. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think th this version of it belongs in the dustbin of history. That's why I hope we vote them all out in November because I, this is why people keep, like John Dean keeps saying, this is worse than Watergate because you have an entire, you have Fox News and you have an entire Republican Party complicit in this. Yeah. Um, That's all right. what's hard about it. Yes. Can't believe. Is there any way we can just chain her here? I can't. We only have a half an hour more with Jane Fonda. I'm panicking. It is the Stephanie Miller Show. Jane Fonda has dropped an S bomb on the show. We've had to uh, dump her. She has said balls, and I got to do my Catherine Hepburn impression for her. So my life is pretty much uh, complete and I now. I was pretty impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jane, we were talking about uh, if we do a remake of On Golden. I think so. Yes. Thank, thank you so much for that casting suggestion. I think so, too. Her mother. That would be weird. Get back up on that horse. Ride. 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 Okay, Jane. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were just saying, I, 
you have, I, I would almost have to venture to say one of the most interesting perspectives on the time we're living through uh, of anybody I can think of. You were just, you said recently um, about being not blacklisted, but graylisted during the 70s. You said Nixon used the same tactics on me he used on people he didn't like in the 50s. We're talking about Trump's enemies list now. Um, he had conservative state legislators introduce measures that would condemn or ban my films or prohibit me from entering the state. Conservative theater owners went along. Studio executives might have shared my politics but said, what can we do? Why take a chance? That's why this period is so, it's just so chilling. And it is, as we keep saying, even worse than Watergate, though, isn't it? It's, yes. I mean, it's, Nixon didn't have Fox News and right-wing radio. Correct. Yeah, right? no, it's, it, it's, it's worse and then there's this thing that people like you never talk about, I'm sorry to say. Okay. Which is, you know, I was with some pretty great people right during the election. Eve Ensler, yeah. Gloria Steinem, we were going to Atlanta to speak to 1,600 women, and it was pretty hard. It was the day after the election. And I remember Gloria said to me, you know, we'll, we'll have to put up with this for four years. And I and I said, but no, you don't understand. This is a situation we've never been in before. Because overlaying everything horrible is the climate issue. Yeah. We've, we've never had that before. Where we didn't have four years to lose. If we had started doing everything right in, in November of 2016, or, you know, still we would have seen a catastrophe. Yeah. Um, but now we're going backwards from where we should be, and it's going to mean worse flooding, worse fires, yeah. worse drought, worse hurricanes, more refugees. It's going to mean total chaos. And what happens when you have total chaos? A t tyrants rise yeah. and pit people against each other. So it's, it's, it's going to get worse no matter what we do, no matter who is elected. It's going to get worse. We just have to be sure that there's an end before it gets better. Yeah. We have to be sure there's a gets better after it. And it's not clear that there can be unless we all do every single thing we can to uh, yeah. but you, you always know, move in the right direction. This is what you've been for so many years. I mean, just you name it, actresses, actresses feminists, uh, activists, um, the Me Too movement. Uh, you were with the Native American movement in, you know, way before Standing Rock, and then you were back there again at Standing Rock. One of the things you've always been is just as an inspiration for people in the fitness biz, women that have body issues. I remember you saying, like, you know, my body was better at 40 than at 20. You were like, yeah, the bikini scene in, on Golden Pond sold a lot more videos. So what? <laughs> it's just whatever, you know, you've just embraced it so wholeheartedly that it inspires people. And something inspired me that I just read is you said, we're in an existential crisis. You know our democracy has been challenged very, very gravely, and I'm scared. I have grandchildren. When I die, I want them to be able to say to themselves that Grandma did everything she could to save democracy and make the world a safer, better place for us. Nothing has been quite like it is now in terms of fundamental threats to our democracy, but I've seen miraculous things happen when all looks bleak. I've, I've seen things change for the good because of the efforts of individuals working together. And you're right. That's what this is. That's what this resistance is. And, and there you are in the thick of it. I mean, what... 60 years after you started being in the thick of it? I mean, here you are still, right? Yeah, but when you see what it can mean when you get together with other people and work to, in concert um, for, for good, right. and you see how, how that can be effective, uh, then you, you, you can't help but be hopeful. You can't help but, but want to continue because you know it, it can work. Yeah. You know, let me just give you another example that I just found out yesterday. 
There was, there's a congressional race in Michigan, in northern Michigan, and one of the guys, the Democrat, is a vet, and he, he got all the signatures he, he needed for his campaign, and the, you know, the, 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 the group that's responsible for looking through the ballot stuff and saying, yeah, you're okay, you're on the ballot, said, no, you can't, we're going to take you off the ballot. So they ruled that the Democrat had to, was no longer on the ballot because some of the ballot things, instead of having real addresses, had P.O. boxes. Right. So th it left the Republican guy running unopposed. Michael Moore and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of activists got together and did a write-in campaign, and over 30,000 people voted yeah. for, for the Democratic, and he ended up back on the ballot. Wow. That's what people... You know, no, and there's been a lot of thought, well, my God, what can you do? He's right. off the ballot, but right. all you have to do is just to get together and make right. a difference. And we have to do that. I mean, we all have to do whatever we can and wherever we live. I, no, I agree. I mean, I think there's been a, a number of instances in the Trump administration where there's been enough outrage, there's been enough people speaking out that they've had to back down. And I, I really, I don't want people to get happy. I want you to go get registered, go make sure you stayed registered, make sure you don't get knocked off the rolls. But I really do believe that we're seeing the beginning of a blue wave, a blue tsunami. Do you? Well, I hope so. You know, but we can't. There's a, you know, there's a lot to be surmounted. It's not so. It's not going to be easy. And I don't. I agree with you. I don't want people to get complacent. It's, it's, it's going to take every single person, bringing everyone they know to the polls and helping people during a midterm where a lot of people don't usually vote, to get to get them to the polls. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's the other thing I say is ignore the, right, because you just sent me one, Travis. There's always a new poll, like, oh, yes, there's going to be a blue, huge blue wave, and then you say, oh, maybe not. You know, another pollster says, maybe not. And you're right. You can't just, pay attention to don't get happy and don't get panicked. Just and, stay and focused. And also don't give up and don't get depressed, right. you know, or cynical, because then then you're going with the opposition. You yeah. Know? Then, you're, then they're winning. Yeah. You know, you... you Hope is a great form of resistance. Well, and that's the other thing I say. Is don't you know? We know they're not doing anything about Russia. We know they're still involved in our elections, but don't let that. That's what they'll hope is you'll get depressed and think, oh, they're gonna. It's rigged and it's not gonna matter anyway. If we turn out in big enough numbers, we can. And also, don't let them divide us along these Bernie Hillary lines and all the stuff that they're still doing. Yeah. That they're yeah, still yeah. trying to along racial issues. I mean, right. um, you were. Uh, we talked about Sundance, the uh, the new documentary, Robert Redford. Um, talked about how we're at a tipping point because of the Me Too movement. He's your co-star four times. Good God. Barefoot in the Park, Electric Horseman. Uh, Chase. Yes. Um, but, you know, it, doesn't it annoy you how the right consistently goes, oh, stupid celebrities, you know, shut up. Who cares what you think about politics? No, and then it doesn't. They no. elected a reality show. Guy, and Arnold Schwarzenegger can be governor. But, but, you know, people like you and Robert Redford have been just so smart and so... Um, at the forefront of so many important issues, why is that? That they there still is this double standard that they just try to pretend like liberal celebrities should not have a voice because we're effective. Yeah, because it helps for famous people to to stand, to amplify the voices of people who aren't heard. You know, I the, the metaphor that I see is, do you know what a repeater is? You know, you see yeah. it, there's a valley and then there's a big mountain range and you'll see all these. Um, uh, antennas at the top of the mountain, those are called repeaters because they pick up signals from the bottom of the valley right. and beam them out over the hill to a w wider audience. That's what celebrity is, is able to do, to help lift the voices from the valley 
and bring them to a wider audience. That, that's why it's great for Lily and me to go to Michigan, for example, to yeah. stand next to tipped workers yeah. who are having to put up with such terrible wages that they can barely survive and, p and pay the rent and feed their families. Yeah. Did I hear that you and Lily are going door to door? Because that's got to be quite startling for people to have you and Lily. We've done on that, that and we've 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 got stopped people on the street to sign ba the ballot measure. We, we and we got on the ballot. Now we're fighting the Republicans who are trying to take it off the ballot again. You know. It's, wow. It's like fascism. Wow. How do people? What? Fifty-six percent of the people of D.C. voted in favor of one fair wage, and the D.C. City Council is trying to overturn it now. Yeah. Wow. Overturn the voice of the people. What What are the reactions like when people open their door and Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are standing there? Just, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Through the door. Who's there? <laughs> uh, this is Jane Fonda. I'm a volunteer. And go away. You know? yeah. Or you got to be kidding. Yeah. And they'll open the door and they'll see it's me and they invite me in and we sit around all, over a cup wow. of tea. They're like, yeah, and I'm Gandhi. Yeah, sure, you're Jane Fonda. Okay, go away. But sometimes you have great conversations that can really turn yeah. people around. Yeah, don't you think that's it? Activism, when you think about it, it's person to person. Because that's right. And that's why I like doing this because we do live in, in these liberal bubbles, these enclaves right. that don't that don't see yeah. out into what's really going on. And that's what the Democratic Party's become. Well, you know what's interesting is they're probably used to the cartoon that the right wing has painted of you since Vietnam, and then they meet the person. We were just saying, we, you know, Charlie Sheen was just in for happy hour this week. And, you know, we, Martin's party, of course, was at Charlie's house. You think of the tabloid cartoon, and he's the nicest guy, and he's eight months sober, He's obviously struggled with addiction all his life. He's been very honest about it the way you've been honest about your life. And it, I think it helps so many people to, that, that are struggling with so many of the same issues, right? We're all uh, human at the end of the day. Yeah, we are. But, but it's important for people who live here to see people who all their lives they've, you know, they've had union jobs, they've had enough money to be able to send their kids to school and own a house, and their parents did too, and then suddenly the union's gone, the factory's closed, and they, who, I, who am I? What, what yeah. is my role in life? That's a terrifying thing to have happen to somebody. Yeah. And they don't, and they look around, and nobody's talking to them. Yeah. And a guy comes along and says, you know, I'm for you, and I'm going to help you. He doesn't. Right. But at least he's saying that he sees them, yeah. and he's not calling them deplorable. And so, of course, they're going to go for that. But if somebody shows up and, and listens and really hears what they have to say and has real solutions, and there are solutions, then, you know, then that's what has to happen. We have to talk to these people, and we have to more than talk. We have to listen. We have to listen and then work together to figure out what to do, to really do, not just, you know, for one election cycle, but for the long term. Um. <laughs> They're also, obviously, you've been out there, again, on the, you know, feminist, you know, the front of the, you know, feminism movement for so long. I, to me, there was just incredible sexism involved, too, in terms of, you know, not just Hillary, but that we're still seeing, whether it's with Nancy Pelosi now or well, whatever. Well, I think the Me Too movement is a reaction to Trump. Yeah. You know, I, I think so many women started thinking about what had happened to them, given what he said, right. and decided to come forward. And the reason that it, it had traction that it was sticky is because the first women to come out were white and famous. Right. Black women have been talking about this for a long time. The most notable, of course, is Anita Hill. 
Yeah. But what it did, and the, the, the real turning point for me in the Me Too and Time's Up movement was the letter that we got from 700,000 women farm workers, dear right. sisters, saying, we, we stand with you. We understand. We've had to live with this. And we realized that if this is going to really mean anything and change, women in Hollywood have to stand alongside domestic workers, hotel workers, farm workers, office workers, like we did in 9 to 5, tip workers, right. that you know they're much more vulnerable than we are, and we have to make sure that we are united, and, and then we can make structural changes. I was just in yeah. Sacramento trying to do away with forced arbitration, you know, and it was a, an honor to stand there with, with these uh, domestic workers who yeah. are, in, you know, it's just terrible what they go through. Yeah, yeah. I'm they're traumatized. I'm... You know, I started the interview stunned into silence, and, and I'm once again, and I, I have another segment. It's the easiest interview in the world for you. You don't have to say of, anything. The force of nature that is Jane Fonda, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm going to eat a purple I'm going to sit here all day long, and then I'm going to ask all the questions that I forgot. I'm, I'm like, yeah, and here's the other thing that I was going to say, Jane. I'm going to get a cardboard cutout. It's going to be fine. <laughs> all right. Not everybody gets to say things like that. Jane Fonda said, oh, Dabney Coleman just butt-dialed me. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. I can't even imagine what you have in store for him in the 9 to 5 sequel. <laughs> that would, uh, seriously, because of Me Too and Time's Up, that would be so interesting to yeah. see what they do with that, right? Yeah. yeah. Offices are very different places, and it's not any better, I'm sorry to say. You know, nowadays, companies don't hire you. They, right. There's another company that hires you when you su are subcontracted yeah. to the company you're working at, which means where do you go when you have a complaint? Right. You know, who do you, it's, it yeah. leaves you kind of powerless. It's really bad. Yeah. Well, and plus it's, just, it's amazing, the chemistry. You guys have stayed good friends, you and Dolly and Lily. Yeah. And then obviously you and Lily have just been friends for so long. That that, that really translates, doesn't, doesn't it, Grace and Frankie? Your, your chemistry just seems so effortless. I cannot tell you what a joy and an honor it is to work with her. Yeah. And, uh. I don't know why. I guess it's looking at your. You have very beautiful skin. Oh, Lily okay. has very beautiful. She's skin. a porcelain goddess. Yes, and so and there's. I love it when there's times when in the while we're shooting and I'm yeah. dressing her or something and I can look at her skin and I can, you know, I can run my hands over her skin and say, God, you've got such beautiful skin. And I know this is being beamed out to the whole world because you you don't right. enough see women loving on each other. Right, and and not in a gay way in your case. Yeah, just just yeah. loving each other yeah. and being there for each other and yeah and it's it's I just it's such a joy to be part of that. Well, and that's that's she's a, so brilliant. She is. Uh, oh well, God. she's been my friend and yeah. idol and mentor my whole life. She just uh, she and Jane, her Jane. I mean, just two of the warmest, most supportive. Yeah. I mean, they got the sisterhood way before. A lot of us did, but this is what you're talking about, not just Me Too and Time's Up, but this blue wave, it feels really female, doesn't it? I mean, like, as you were saying, the backlash, how did you say, you said a lot of women, enough women, a tipping point of women were so stunned that a man who could openly talk about abusing women became president. I think it called up terrible memories for a lot of women. I think it was like, enough, it's Time's Up. But I also think it's all these, they saw what happened to Hillary, and it's all these women that are running. So I feel like this wave is going to be female, it's going to be Parkland kids. Right? I mean, it's a whole new wave. You've been in the civil Boy, rights. Boy, those Parkland kids. Aren't they amazing? They are so brave. You know, we should, all of us, men and women, white women and white men, have a lot to learn from black women in Alabama. Yeah. You know, Doug Jones 
to a great extent was elected over the pedophile because of black women. I mean, the black community in general, but particularly black women. Now, you have to ask, did those black women love his white ass? No. I mean, what could they do? They care about Doug Jones, but they knew right. that if they flexed their muscle and really showed up, yeah. they could avert a disaster with the pet Roy Moore. Yeah. And they could show, you don't, don't take us for granted and don't ignore us. We have power. And they're not, it's pragmatism. It's not, let's wait until the perfect night on a white horse comes along. Yeah. No, pragmatism. We just have to go out and we have to vote for yeah. the best candidate that there is. Maybe it's not the perfect one. And that's what blacks are, are teaching us, yeah. and it's an important lesson. Can you believe we're still debating things like pedophilia? Of course. Good or bad? Nazis, good or bad? <laughs> I mean, it's... No, these are, these are deep issues that yeah. we're going to be debating for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, and you make a good point that that is what Grace and Frankie really is all about is just this, you know, this sisterhood. You were, oh, by the way, you were asking why am I putting makeup on in here? And I was like, because I don't have the lighting that you people have on Grace and Frankie. Yeah, we have I told really Lily, you guys look beautiful. She yeah. said it's all lighting. It is. Yeah. It's all about lighting. No, it's not. You look <laughs> yes, gorgeous in every light that I've seen you in. Um, I, I, you're one of those people. I'm sure people tell you this. We could do literally a seven hour interview. And I wouldn't be through. I love everything you said. You said, I try to live my third act in such a way as I won't have regrets. You never get there entirely, but you can spend your life working on it. Well, you know, um, you can't get through the last part of your life. And, you know, one of these days, I'm, I'm going to try to get my act together. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I hope you One I of these days is right now. you got to do it right I'll, now. You know, I'll start a GoFundMe go for you until you get <laughs> your stuff together. Yeah. Um, Jane Fonda, ladies and gentlemen, living legend. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. Well, I thank you too, Stephanie. I, I'm so happy that I met you at Martin Sheen's birthday party. And Mate. thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Oh, well, come on. I had to. You must have got soggy. Oh, not bad. <laughs> not as good as you, though. <laughs>